You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at winsboro.church. If y'all would, uh, I would love to start this lesson out with a word of prayer. So if you would, let's bow. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you so much for the blessing it is to praise you in song together. God, to sing praises to your name, to read your word, Father, to speak with you in prayer, and Father, to gather around this table as we just did. God, I thank you so much uh, for all your blessings. God, it is so humbling just to know that we're alive and that we get to serve you one more day, Lord. And as we uh, take a portion of your word this morning, I pray that we will open our hearts and our minds to hear what it is you want us to hear, Father, so that we can live for you uh, out in this world each and every day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you would, uh, be turning to Ephesians chapter 5. I appreciate that we read Philippians 2, and we'll get back to that. But the main text that we're going to be in this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5. If you've been with us over the last month or so, uh, we've been doing a series that I've titled Church of Christ, and it's really not some in-depth look at what all churches of Christ are like, and I say this every week, but it's really an honest and humble look at who are we as the Winsboro Church of Christ, and what is, what is it that we are here to do? And if you were with us last week, then you remember we talked about becoming like Christ, and how oftentimes whenever we come to Christ and we, we receive that salvation, it kind of just ends there, and we don't continue on with becoming more like Him. And part of that is, you know, we have to recognize that it's not all up to us. It's not up to me to make myself more like Christ necessarily, but instead it's up to me to submit to Christ, as we'll talk about this morning, and allow Him to transform me, as Scripture talks about. But the key thing to remember with that is, when we do just that, it will hurt. It will be painful because I don't want to change. I like the way I am. I I like the things that I do and say usually most of the time because I'm the one who does and says them. I enjoy it. It's fun. I like it. But as Christians, we recognize that often the things that we do and often the things that we say can be misleading. They can be misplaced, and therefore we need to come to Christ to become more like Him. So following along in that same vein of thought, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 5 this morning, starting in verse 15. If you would follow along with me there. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This morning, I hope to take a look at this scripture in a way that really helps us to understand three things. The first thing I want us to look at is the matter. The second would be the means and then the motive. And if you're like me, words can be tough sometimes. So what do I mean by the matter this morning? The matter that we're starting with is what is it that we're supposed to do? What is it in this text that Paul is saying, you as Christians, you as faithful Christians, as we'll be reminded of later, What is it that you're supposed to do? And in in a word, I think the word is submission. We're supposed to submit. 
at one point in time in my life, I kind of like to watch wrestling a little bit. Don't worry, it's PG now. It's not really PG, don't watch it. But in wrestling, there is a thing that they call submission maneuvers. And your goal is to kind of wrap somebody else up. Will knows this, he's starting to wrestle a little bit. You got to wrap somebody else up and get them in a hold to where they tap out, as they say. And that tapping out is to say, I submit, I'm done, I quit, I lose, you win, the end. And this isn't the only area in our lives and in our culture that we understand submission to mean losing or not being as good. Many, many areas in our lives tell us that submission is a bad thing. Don't submit to other people. You do you, you live your life, don't submit to what other people want. So in a lot of ways, submission gets a bad rap. To submit in our eyes means that we lose, full stop. We've lost. If I submit, then I'm done. But I want us to recognize that is not the view of Scripture. That is not the view of submission that we see here in Ephesians. And specifically in the passage that we read earlier, Philippians chapter 2. I really appreciate you reading that, Dennis. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3, simply says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. It says in humility we are to count others more significant. The call of a Christian is one to humility. That's not easy. It's a call to have this humble heart not one that's superficial in any way. We can get that way sometimes, right? That superficial, like, oh, I'm humble. It's like, hey, aren't you really good at that thing? Ah, I dabble. Are you kidding me? We saw you do it yesterday, right? You're good at it. And I'm here to tell you this morning that superficial humility is not helping the church. When you have skills and you have talents, use them for God's glory. I'm not saying be prideful about them. But superficial humility is not what we see in Scripture. The humility that we're called to whenever we humble ourselves is to build other people up, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, as it says. But I'm here to tell you that this cannot happen unless we as a people of Christ have a spirit of unity. Not some unity that's based on who my friends are, not some unity that's based on this social standing that I have that because your bank account is kind of similar to mine, we'll get along. Not some unity that only is because of these interests that we have in culture. You like the Cowboys, I like the Cowboys. We're good. Instead, we are to be brothers and sisters in Christ. That we are saved by grace through faith. We are cleansed and we are forgiven by the blood of Christ, and that is the greatest unifier in this world. And no amount of me liking some things and you liking other things and me being a certain way and you being a certain way, none of that matters because we are all united in Christ. We bear with one another, as it says elsewhere in Scripture, submitting to one another. This idea of submitting in Scripture really brings about the metaphor of like a military unit, Right? In a military group, if you were to come out and be a part of that group, then you have to know that you are supposed to submit to certain people. There's a hierarchy involved. And there are certain individuals that you submit to because it's, it's what you do. And this is the entire tone of Paul's letters, certainly as you look 
at the start of Ephesians 5 where he talks about these themes of self-sacrifice and walking in love as Christ did. And Paul has made it clear, the gospel message that we hear in Scripture is one that should humble a person. When we hear the message of Jesus, it shouldn't be something that builds us up. It should be something that humbles ourselves. Let's look at Romans chapter 3 real quick. One of my favorite passages. Romans chapter 3, starting verse 21. Verse 21, But now the righteousness, righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. That's a lot of words. But what I want us to understand is when we hear that idea that we are all bought with the precious blood of Christ, that there is no distinction amongst us who believe because we've all sinned. We humble ourselves. I don't deserve the grace of God any more than you do. And it doesn't matter what I've done in my life. It doesn't matter the good things that I may have accomplished, even if I may have accomplished more than you. That doesn't matter. There is no distinction in Christ, for all have sinned and need His grace. 1 Corinthians, if you've been in this class in here, I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times. Paul hits this on the head so many times. Do not boast in your own things. Don't think highly of yourself. Humble yourself and recognize if you're going to boast, boast in Jesus. Boast in what He has done in your life because when we come to Christ, none of us are worthy. So this idea of submitting, it's not one of I lose, you lose. Or I lose, you win, rather. It's one that we come together and, man... I'm going to make sure that you understand how important you are to me. I'm going to humble myself before you and recognize you're the most important one in this room. Have you ever been to certain people's houses and they just have like a certain aura about them? Maybe like a certain smell or a certain feeling you get when you walk in the room? Some of you, when you go home or go back to your parents' house, you get that same feeling and these emotions and some of you, maybe there's places where you've been and you walked into the room and instantly thought, ah, probably better get out of here, right? Places have smells. They have memories that are built up because of the, the, the feeling you get when you walk into a place. And I'll be honest, most of the time when you walk into a house, you can tell what the purpose of that family that lives there is. Like, what is it they're doing in life? For some of you who have babies or grandbabies right now, you walk in and there's toys literally everywhere. It's pretty clear what you're there to do, right? Some of you, you walk in and it's immaculate, it's spotless. Makes you feel like, ah, I probably shouldn't sit down anything, <laughs> right? You can tell what the purpose is in that place and you can tell what the feeling is when you get there. The same ought to be true for a stranger who enters into the assembly of God's people, especially here in Winsboro, that they ought to recognize the humility of our hearts with one another. We can become very blind to this because we're so used to each other. 
We can come become blind to what it feels like to be a guest for the first time. We can, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it would be beneficial to us to ask our friends that come and visit with us, hey, how did you feel when you walked in there? How did you feel when you, when you met these people that are, are my family? My prayer is that people will recognize the humility we have as we submit to one another. In a lot of ways, I believe it should be palpable. You can almost feel it. You almost touch it. Our matter in this verse, in this scripture, our matter, what it is that we're here to do or we're called to do is submit to one another. And that's a pretty high standard. Paul is setting the bar way up there for us. But here's the question. What are our means? What is our means? How are we going to do this? If it's left up to me, I'll be honest. Submitting to you, I don't want to do it. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to submit to you. It's not in my being. I don't want to do this. So how am I going to do it? How in the world can I get to a place where I am actually submitting to you? Let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, verse 18 says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Don't be filling yourselves with all this stuff that doesn't matter. Don't be trying to fill yourself with things that help you forget the world and all the things around it. But instead, he says this, But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? I believe it means that we're under the control of God's Word. We recognize the Lordship of Christ. and We submit to Him. Here's a clear thing I want us to understand. We cannot separate verse 18, where it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, from all the verses following that, all the way through 21. I'm pretty sure it's literally the same sentence. It's all connected. Verse 18, be filled with with the Spirit. And from that point, with the Holy Spirit filling us, then God allows us to address one another. God helps us to sing and make melody. We give thanks. And finally, by God's Spirit in us that we are full of, that is when we submit to one another. I want you to notice one thing about this verse, though. In verse 18. It doesn't say fill yourself with. It says be filled with. That's passive. I'm not great at English, but usually that means you're not the one actually doing it. God is. Be filled with the Spirit. And all of these are tied directly to that idea of the Holy Spirit filling our lives. But the question is, I think it is important to remember, who is Paul addressing here? Who is he writing these two, these ideas of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Don't be drunk. Don't be a drunkard. Don't be filling your life with all this other stuff. Fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, rather. He's addressing the faithful in Christ, if you read chapter 1. Those who are faithful in Christ, this is who he's speaking to. These aren't principles for the rest of the world to take and say, hey, if I do these things, then I'll probably have a similar outcome to you. These aren't just good moral codes to live by. 
This is for the faithful of Christ, those who are in Christ, who he says, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Be filled with it so that you can do these things. These individuals, these people that he speaks of, us here in the Winsboro Church of Christ that are in Christ, you are the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you. And I want us to be clear, this is the third person of the Godhead. And I say person for a reason. Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a thing. Right? For those of you who like Star Wars, I'm sorry, but it's not the force. It's not something you manipulate. We talked about this in class upstairs. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is a being. It's not something that you just call upon and use whenever you want to. It's, it's a being that dwells inside of you. Literally, God dwelling in you. And as Paul describes in chapter 4, the reason we can know that it is a person and not just an it is because you can't grieve a thing. Paul says in chapter 4, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You can grieve a person. And how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, in a word, by being disobedient. Through obedience, we are filled with the Spirit. Through obedience, we are filled with the Spirit. And I want us to recognize one more thing about this before we move on. It would make sense that although we can be filled with the Spirit, we all in Christ can be filled with the Spirit, this doesn't mean that we all have the same capacity. Let me explain. If I were to have, say, a one-year-old baby, if it was like me, it was like that, but well, normal baby. Let's say I'm holding a one-year-old baby up here, and that baby takes a breath, and its lungs get full. You could say that that baby is full of air. And me, at 26 years old, being slightly bigger, only slightly than a one-year-old baby, breathes in air. I'm full too, right? We're both full of air, correct? There's a difference. Certainly, me, at 26 years old, I have a greater lung capacity than that one-year-old baby, do I not? And in the same way, Christians, through continual obedience, faithfulness, and submission to Christ, should have the greater spiritual capacity to be filled. The longer we're in Christ, the more faithful we are, the more obedient we are to Him, submitting to Him and being filled with the Spirit, the greater capacity we ought to have the further down the road we are. And I point this out to, to be clear here. There are some of us here who are very new Christians. Don't think that you have to have the lung capacity of somebody who's been doing this forever. And even still, if you are a slightly older person that's been a Christian for a while and you think, man, I really haven't been obedient as Scripture says in that way, it's okay. This little kid president, y'all remember him? I loved his videos. As he would say, you got air in your lungs, you're alive, you still have time to work on it. Don't ever think it's too late. And so, 
We have our matter, which is submitting to one another, and we have our means for doing that because it's not going to come from ourselves, but instead we are being filled with the Holy Spirit so we can truly submit to one another. And I believe this is something that we as individuals and a church, you want to talk about something we ought to be praying for, I believe is that we are full of the Holy Spirit. But now, what is our motive? What's your motive? Why? Why do we do these things? Ephesians 5.21 Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This single verse is what makes all of this different from everyone else in the world. This is what distinguishes us from everyone else who might submit to other people for various reasons. You can have a group of people that submit for all sorts of things. Political ideas such as communism base their entire idea off of we submit to one another. Maybe you're in a social structure where it's beneficial for you to submit rather than to not. And some of you, it's more pleasant for you to submit and just be agreeable than to really kind of like make a big deal out of things. It's really popular nowadays even that you submit to somebody else because of the good that it makes you feel, right? I'm going to go do something and make somebody else's day because it feels good. And that happens. The question is, why do we as Christians who gather as the body of Christ, the church, why do we submit to one another? And it's because of our reverence for Christ. In other words, what makes it happen among us, this fullness of the Spirit, that spiritual fullness that we have causes us to bow our knee to Jesus. That spiritual fullness allows us to bow our knee to Jesus and therefore submit to others in the body. Rather than me being preoccupied with all of the things that I have going on. Rather than me thinking first about myself, the fullness of the Spirit allows me, out of reverence for Christ and what He has done for me and who He is, allows me to submit to you, even though by worldly standards I may be better than you in some way. Say none of that matters. There's no distinction. Out of reverence for Christ and what He has done for me, I submit to you. In Matthew, we read kind of an embarrassing story of a mom of two of the disciples who comes to Jesus and says, tell me that my two sons will each sit, one on your right and one on your left, when you enter into your kingdom. Hey, make sure my sons are the best, Jesus. They're going to be right there with you, right? And Jesus responds and says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Don't think that's what she was expecting. And then soon after that in John, we read about how Jesus and his disciples, they gathered for the Passover meal, as they always did. And they were in the upper room, and Jesus gets up from the table, and he removes his outer garment. And he goes and he takes a towel and he wraps it around his waist, grabs a bowl and fills it with water. And then Jesus, God in the flesh, Son of Man, humbles himself and begins to wash their feet with the water and wipe it with the towel that's wrapped around him. 
When Jesus had finished doing this, he got up and he said these words. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. A few months ago, I asked some of my other youth minister friends, kind of a weird question, I do it sometimes, it's kind of annoying, I guess, to them. But I said, what do you guys think would be like the cultural equivalent of washing someone's feet? You know, because, you know, then they were wearing sandals and stuff, and their feet would get dirty, so somebody had to help wash their feet, because obviously, anyway. And we couldn't really think of it, and I don't think that's wrong, but in some way, I kind of think I have a pretty good answer now. What does it look like to wash each other's feet? in 2020, in Winsboro, Texas. It looks like submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You might be thinking, why in the world would I submit to to these people? (laughs) Or maybe to that person who's done those things to me. Or maybe to that person who, by worldly standards, is not as good as me. Why would I submit to them? To that I would say, remember Christ. Remember Jesus, who was broken so that our broken lives might be repaired and transformed to look like Him. Why? What is our motive for submitting, for humbling ourselves to one another? It's out of reverence for Christ who came to this earth for us. If we as the Winsboro Church of Christ strive to become like Christ, if that's what we do, if that's what we're doing, then we will submit to one another. We will do this because we are being filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. And out of all that, we do it because of our reverence for Christ. As we talk about next week, I believe when that's happening, we truly become ambassadors for Christ to the world outside of us. When we become like Christ by submitting ourselves and submitting to one another, that's when we truly are ambassadors for Christ. In a moment, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2 again. And then after that, we'll stand and we'll sing our song as we typically do. But I want to tell you, if you haven't heard it lately, you can hear it firsthand from me that the shepherds of this congregation pray for you continually. Believe me, they do. They pray for you by name. They know what's going on in many of your lives. And as they love to pray for you, I guarantee you they would love so much more to pray with you this morning. If you have a need, if you need to obey the gospel, or if you just need help, and humbling yourself and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, then I pray as we stand in a moment that you'll either come forward, go to the back, just grab one of these men. If you're a woman, grab one of their wives even if you feel more comfortable. Go to them. Ask for help. Allow them to pray with you. Because that's why we're here. So in a moment, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2 again. As soon as we're done, we'll start singing. But as we read, I would love it if you would just stand for the reading of God's Word one more time.
As we read these words about Jesus, I pray that we can consider how we are called to submit to one another and that we can't do it on our own, but that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we will have power to do so and that we know that we do all of this out of reverence for Christ. Let's read. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's sing.